This episode is sponsored by Assembly Label. This is Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas. Hello, Sophie. It's the season finale of Highly Enthused. Another season done. I cannot believe it. It has whipped right past. Season six. Goodness me. Goodness me. We've been through so much together. (laughs) Really? I mean, we all have. Everyone has been, but, you know, we've been recording through it all. It's been a wild ride. Pasta, kimchi toasties, nail polish, underwear, what have we got? All Fancy fish sauce. Fancy fish sauce. <laughs> <laughs> You're about to go on holiday. By the time this airs, you'll be on holiday. How are you feeling? I will be. I, I've still definitely got like um, pandemic brain where I don't fully believe that it's going to happen, you know, like there's that part of your brain that's like it'll, it'll get cancelled, something will go wrong. But I'm so close. I can almost taste the vermouth, you know. I can almost taste it. Yes, and I have uh, strictly advised Sophie she has to post all the content and she's not allowed to quit Instagram during this period as we all must follow along. So tune in. (laughs) Tune in. Well, what have we got? Let's just get into it. We've just got to get these recommendations out of us and into your ears. So let's start with what you've been eating this week. Okay, mine's a drink. It is a non-alcoholic soda. Though it is strongly recommended you add mezcal to this because it is absolutely delicious. It's another recommendation from Strange Love, and I feel like they should really sponsor this podcast because um, <laughs> they basically do already. <laughs> it's so yum, all their products. So they have a soda that is jalapeno and lime flavored. It's from their like low calorie soda range, which normally doesn't entice me. I'm like, ooh, what's in this? Some kind of like stevia or something. But no, they really just put less sugar in it. That's it. They just put less sugar in their drinks. So it's quite refreshing. And yeah, it's not overly sweet, obviously. It's kind of like a seltzer vibe. Like if you like the Canteen OK, OK seltzer margarita seltzer you'll really like this although this has the spicy edge which is excellent and if you add mezcal to it as is uh strongly advised as i previously said you'll love it even more so it's like just a good summer spring drink i feel like if you ignore the impending la nina and just envisage <laughs> the springs of old <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you remember what spring used to be like this is this is the drink for you Citrusy, spicy, refreshing, low in sugar, perfect for a little mezcal. What more could you want? They're so good to just keep in your fridge chilled for like a little emergency cocktail. I've got their salted grapefruit one in the fridge that I just always kind of have at least one or two lingering around. So if I desperately need a very fast cocktail, I can have one. It's just a really good thing to keep stashed. Agree. I seriously agree. And they can't, the packaging is really cute too. Very aesthetic. Very aesthetic. So that is the strange love jalapeno and lime soda. What have you been eating? Where have you been eating more like? Yes. So um, I have been eating multiple times since they opened and they've only been open for a month or so at 
Club Fontana in Redfern. So fun. I know you've been there as well. Yeah. So if you loved and miss Don Pepino's RAP, a really wonderful pop-up that was an early COVID casualty back in 2020, they had to, you know, wrap up much faster than anticipated. This is definitely the restaurant for you. Um, Fontana is the new project by Harry Levy, who also um, runs Porcine, um, and Daniel Johnston, who has most recently been cooking at like Alberto's Lounge and a few other spots around town, and D- Daniel's partner, Ivy Warren, who's running front of house. So it's like a really great team, um, some, you know, old favourites are, are part of the the guys running it. The food's amazing and it's in the old runs upstairs, upstairs spot. So if you're not a Sydney cider, like none of this makes any sense to you, but it's basically a really great restaurant spot on Red on Redfern Street in Redfern and you get to walk up the stairs to get into the restaurant. It sort of sits above the street. So you get that same fun sense of anticipation as you walk up the staircase and you just find yourself in this really lovely dining room that sort of sits above the hustle and bustle of the street, which I just always love. It's like when you're in Japan and everything's either above the ground or below the ground and you might sort of feel like you're emerged into this this new world. You know, just just feels a bit it's a bit special, a bit exciting. The menu is, you know, pretty classic, changes regularly but a few of the old Don classics emerge here and there if you keep your eye out. So the really amazing chickpea pasta, which is just so delicious. It's got like a billion different types of chickpeas, chickpea puree, crispy chickpeas, chickpea flour in the pasta itself. It's delicious. Dan does this homemade ricotta with a vegetarian rennet, which is seriously good. It makes you realize how bad most store-bought ricotta is when you have homemade ricotta. And, you know, apart from the pastas and some really delicious starters, they've got amazing desserts. Uh, We had the hazelnut gelato the other night and it was like I don't know what I expected. I was like, this will be pretty tasty. I mean, it's gelato. How bad can it be? You know, it's always going to be a good time. But it's really salty and sweet and creamy and, oh, it was so good. An unexpected highlight. Uh, the, the pistachio gelato as well is hectically oh. good. <laughs> so yeah, good. He knows his way around dairy, does Dan. He knows his way around dairy as well as pasta and, and all sorts of delicious things. It's, it's, it's such a lovely room. It's got really great food. The wine list is great. And the service is really warm and friendly. It's got like the thing I think everyone loved about Don Pepino's was it just felt like you walk, were walking into a friend's house and you were going to have a really good time. Mm. Like you were always going to have a good time there. And it's definitely like it's not exactly the same vibe at Don's. It's not in an old nightclub, so it doesn't have quite the same <laughs> loose party energy, at least not on the times I've been. Maybe it's coming. But I went three times in about 12 days so you know I'm definitely a fan if you want to see me while we're on break just come to Fontana I'll probably be there at the bar (laughs) (laughs) oh careful what you wish for there so yeah so that's Club Fontana it's on Redfern Street definitely check it out if you're visiting Sydney over the summer it will be a great spot to add to your list as well fun times all right have you read watched or listened this week I have been reading this week. I read a really amazing article by the writer Anne Friedman, who I know you also really like. She was the Mm -hmm. co-host of the podcast Call Your Girlfriend, if you listen to that, which is awesome. She has a weekly newsletter as well called the AF Weekly Newsletter, which is link-based, as they all are these days. Um, but it kind of- She's like the OG though. She like was one of the first people to do newsletters before they were cool. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, it wraps up 
you know, some great writing from around the internet. Anyway, she wrote an article for Elle magazine about what comes after ambition, which I thought was so interesting because I feel like this conversation has been percolating around a few friends that I've talked to, ambitious, busy women, and it's kind of focusing on this idea that maybe that hustle culture is dead. And I'm sure you remember, like, there was a point where pre-pandemic and obviously everything now has to do with what we've just been through, but everyone's just so busy all the time. Everyone's so busy and doing things and achieving things and climbing up the ladder and, and, you know, posting about it and really, like, getting in each other's faces about what everyone's achieving and, like, everyone's on this ladder climbing, trying to achieve and, like, get paid more money and get more responsibility and, yeah, and just, like, go, go, go. And I feel like the sentiment now is that hunger has kind of dissipated from a lot of people, um, women in particular, and and post-pandemic. It's just this fatigue of pushing through that corporate ladder Mm. and, you know, entering an era of work where balance is a lot more prioritized, you know, burnout is is really prevalent and like employers are being made a lot more aware of that. Kind of that flip of, you know, you're working to live, not living to work, which is interesting. Like, I don't know what you what you feel like. You've obviously just got a brand new, exciting job. And, I, and I'm in work that I really find satisfying and I really enjoy and I get a lot of satisfaction out of it. Um, but I own my own business, so I have a degree of flexibility there. I just love this because I feel like everyone's joining me where I've been for quite a few years now. I think because I, you know, with what happened with Al, he was so sick for a few years and so I would just like finish work and go home as soon as my, like I ticked over five o'clock, I was out of there because I needed to, you know, go home and, and be with him. And I think it just fundamentally switched something in my brain and I was like, none of this matters. Like it's good and I, it's good to care about it and I don't want to work at an unsatisfying or boring job. But I was like, there's other stuff. And it's obviously, you know, my priorities aren't quite so starkly <laughs> clear now. You know, I'm very lucky to be in good health and all the people I love are currently in, in good health. Um, but I, I don't think I've ever been able to quite buy into the climbing the ladder thing again and I was super ambitious when I was like 28 when it all kind of kicked off for me but I think I just kind of came to it a little bit early because of life circumstances and now I'm like join me everyone it's great I lie down a lot (laughs) I spend a lot of time lying down yeah love that um you know I think you you need to care about your work and you need to you spend eight hours there a day you need to find joy in that like you it's really tough if you're just clocking in and clocking out I assume like why not find something that you can find joy in and I think that's I think that's a part of it it's that people are looking for these jobs where they find they prioritize joy and flexibility over that bit of a fatter paycheck or like the glory of being in a sexy title or something like that just like not feeling like they need to work themselves to the bone just because everyone is <laughs> as well like exactly there's a title in there that's like you know she was having a wine with a, a friend and she was like you know I'm just not that busy lately and she's like I've never said that before <laughs> like, you know, everyone's like I'm just really busy like just so busy and something's shifted and yeah there's just been all these little little conversations I've been having with people um a lot of women that you know yeah work in their own businesses and also work in big companies and it's it's interesting so check it out it is on l.com by ann friedman it is called what comes after ambition and honestly for for this article there's like 20 more that you could read especially 
with Gen Z as well. I think it's prevalent in their work culture. Yeah, it's interesting. Super interesting. Um, what about you? What have you been reading or watching or listening to? Well, 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 well. I have been watching. And once again, I think this is a theme of my recommendations, is I'm very, very late to this particular party. I just finished Alone Season 1. Oh, yes, Lockdown Special. I know. Um, I have had this recommended to me I think about 20 times uh, before I decided to start it, and I didn't even really decide to start it. It is something that I just was like, ugh, uninterested, none of this appeals. You know, it's a reality show. There's like 10 survival experts are taken out into the wilderness with a small amount of equipment and all these cameras and like they're left to see how long they can last. And I was like, boring, no, I don't want to watch it. I don't care what everyone says. Much like Game of Thrones, I assume it's not for me. But then I came in and Andrew had started watching it and I was like, oh, I have to do some work. I'll just sit down. And then I was hooked. It grabbed me and I was pulled in to, and was just like couldn't stop watching it. We like binged all of season one. Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, I watched one episode and I, I was like, yeah. I think if I if yeah. I was in lockdown, I'd be like, yes, let me let me have out this. But I think now I'm like, I've got to be more gripped. Yeah, see, that's what I always thought. And then not in lockdown and I'm we're on season two now. So the goal is to outlast all the other competitors and then you can win half a million dollars, which is no small amount of money. Like it's a it's a pretty generous uh prize money. Um but it's, weirdly it doesn't seem to be the motivating force for any of the competitors like it is the least competitive reality show I've ever seen partially because you're literally left completely alone in the wilderness with no way to contact speak or like touch anyone else so you have no idea if everyone else is you know called in and given up or whether there's all of you are still out there so you just have to like run your own race in a big way so in season one, they're taken to Vancouver Island, uh, which is just off the coast of kind of off the coast of Canada. Um, and it's a large, a large area of this island is actually under the management of the First Nations people um, from, from that area. So it's completely untouched wilderness. It also rains there like 230 days of the year. So like the whole first few episodes is all of them trying to figure out how to light a fire when it's everything's wet. Um, but they have to do it all. They have to like build shelter, find fresh water, make a fire, figure out food supply. They also have to try not to get eaten by bears, wolves, or cougars who are like very densely populating this area. Um, and again, cougars, cougars, which are like large house cats that attack you. Um, terrifying. So look, I, I even as I describe this, I can feel how uninteresting I would still f- think I would find this in theory. But I think it's something about how they're all filming themselves. So like it's these weird monologues and it's very unlike a normal reality TV show dynamic of like this kind of fake produced thing. They're just like, you know, they're really, you know, in it. A lot of them like really get into kind of you know, as time gets on and it's longer and longer since they've seen any humans, like you can tell their like relationship with the camera takes on a really interesting kind of <laughs> turn. Um, and I just think it's really, you know, it was quite enjoyable to watch people be super crafty and like figure out how to build these really cool shelters and traps. Um, but really it's the psychology of it that's fascinating. Like it's really surprising 
how sometimes something very small can be the thing that just pushes someone to the limit and they're like, I'm going to go home. And they all have these like emergency buttons they can press, which will get them rescued immediately. Like one of the, like the, I think he's like the fourth last person to go home. This guy, I won't say his name, just realized spoilers, even though this show has been out for like 10 years. <laughs> um, <laughs> but towards the end of the show, he basically just like, is so bored and existential is like, what's even the point of me being here? If there's no one to share it with, like, what am I doing? I'm just surviving literally the whole point of the show. It's like, he only just realizes it and he just decides he's done, even though there's like nothing physically, <laughs> like there's nothing physically stopping him from staying. He just kind of is like, I'm out. The producers are like, you don't want to go see if there's a bear and try and try and find it. He's like, no, <laughs> I'm just really bored. I'm leaving. They're like, cool. Great TV, man. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> well the producers have no idea what they're doing until they get the footage when they get back so you know it's a real risky gamble like people could be coming home in one day anyway it is surprisingly compelling it's made me now want to learn survival skills which is hilarious if you know me um because i am not a crafty or handy person (laughs) in any way shape or form also like they literally had one guy was eating slugs and that is my worst nightmare literally my worst nightmare it was more disgusting to me than like some like an injury that happened so I don't know if I've sold this to everyone but guys take a chance give it a whirl if you haven't you know already watched it like everyone else (laughs) um that's alone um I just finished season one I can't vouch for the other seasons but I can vouch for the first (laughs) one um and I watched that on binge and they have all like nine seasons. And I think there's going to be one set in Australia next year, which will be fun because we have interesting things that can kill Ooh, you. I know a few survival mm. skills. Oh, yeah. My um, dad gave me a really awesome book on survival skills when I was little. <laughs> like, but they were kind of like urban, like how to jump out of a mm. building into a dumpster and stuff. So apparently you oh should um, like scrunch yourself into a ball and try and land like on your back. If that ever happens to any one of you out there, if you get pushed out of a building, there's a dumpster below you, go up a little ball, try and land on your back, and you'll be fine, apparently. How to jump out of a moving car, I know how to do that. (laughs) I got given, my dad had an illustrated guide to all the venomous snakes and spiders of Australia, and he used to quiz us on them, Um, but that's all we got. We didn't get any moving car, vehicle, survival skills, but if you still have that book, I will take it off your hands. I think I do. I will read that. Amazing. I'm gonna I'm gonna come over and Ned's gonna be like practicing making a machete out of like his blocks. (laughs) (laughs) Building scaffolding is a bad world out there. It's a big bad world. Gotta be ready. All right. What have you bought or done this week? I I feel like all my recommendations are just like little simple ones, um, but that's fine. Nice. I have that's great. Yeah, I have a little necklace recommendation from this really cute brand I found at a market in Brisbane. The brand is called Laloom um or Lalume. I think it's Laloom. And it's yeah, just a really small little business. This necklace in particular is a gold plated chain with a little red heart pendant hanging off. So it's really simple. The heart itself is like quite a cool shape it's like a flat 
it's not a round heart. And it's just one of those necklaces that you can really layer. Like I'm really into layering different textured necklaces at the moment. Like some really small little seed beads, some pearls, some different textures of chain. Like just a few, like two or three, not like mm. 20. <laughs> that would be crazy. Um, <laughs> so just one or two. And this is a really nice one to do that with because it's just a single pendant and just hangs there. Looks really good with like a t-shirt. Yeah, I'm just really enjoying it. I mean, I complimented you on it while you were wearing it with a t-shirt just the other day. Thanks. It's only $65 or so. It's a great little gift. The brand has that kind of like reliquia vibe, like quite minimalist. Mm. There's some colored gems and crystal earrings and things, which is great. Lots of nice like studs and tiny little earrings, which are quite cool if you have like multiple holes in your ear. So yeah, you can buy them all online. It's called La Lume. This necklace is called the Lovely Necklace and it is lovely. The name <laughs> really does it justice. <laughs> and I'm working on a Brisbane newsletter. Some people have been recommending that after the trip that I just took up there, which was very fun. So I've got some recs, which I'll send to our paid subscribers in October, if you're thinking about a little weekend away. So you can sign up for that at highlyenthused.substack.com. What about you, Sarah? What have you been buying or doing? I also splurged a little this week. I did a purchase. Um, I've been trying, because I've been living out of like kind of a suitcase and a rack of clothes for the last few months and I'm about to go away. I've been trying not to buy things, really trying to be considered in my purchases, but I realized I spent all winter, much like last winter, wearing, like switching between some leggings and one of two pairs of Levi jeans that I have. And I just wanted something else to wear in these transitional days where it's not quite bare leg weather, but I don't want to be wearing jeans. And, you know, I'm hoping to, once I'm back from my trip, be going into the office a little bit more and I want something that's a bit more pulled together. So I splurged and purchased a pair of trousers by this brand called Cook and Kin. That's C-O-O-K-E, Kin spelled K-I-N. And they're these really lovely wide leg high-waisted trousers. Um, They're based, Mm. the brand's based out of Byron Bay and I believe everything's actually made in Australia. They have some really nice swimwear and some other resort wear, but the, the collection isn't huge. They're kind of very like a capsule collection style. They don't have like heaps and heaps of, of things um, that re- they release every season or anything. So they're like a really simple trouser. They're high-waisted. They've got that kind of pleated front, which is, you know, on all the Instagram influencers these days. Um, but they've got a flat sort of fly at the front and then an elasticized back, which makes them really comfy to wear. You know, when you don't, you don't want a trouser that's digging in. You don't want to not feel like it's all like gripping at the at the waistband they also it was quite interesting on the site they they recommend that you can either wear them in your standard size and then they wear you wear them on the the high up on the waist or they show how it looks on I mean admittedly a very small model you can size up a size and actually wear them like lower on your hips like as a slouchy kind of style I went for the high-waisted look because I am a millennial and I got the color hazelnut which is this really lovely kind of warm brown they also come in this bright aquamarine blue color and an olive gray, but those two are in a different cotton sort of, sorry, those two are in a different fabric. Um, and my favorite thing about these particular pants is they're this beautiful blend of hemp and silk. Ooh. So they've got this, you know, slightly rough texture, but very comfortable on the skin because it's both natural fibers. And so you get that real breathability that, 
you get with linen, you know, very easy and comfortable to wear, but it's a bit heavier weight. So it doesn't get as crushable or like rumpled, you know, like I love a linen, you know, item of clothing with the best of them, but I find linen pants personally really hard to wear. Cause I just find like, I sit down in them once and then they're creased <laughs> and I just look like I, I mean, I'm very bad at ironing, but when I wear linen pants, I just look like I've forgotten that I'm in public (laughs) and I've forgotten how to look after clothes. So these are kind of a nice upgrade um, with that slightly heavier weight fabric. Nice. They look great. I'm just looking forward to wearing them all spring and summer, you know, without breaking into a horrible sweat because it's still a natural fiber. Um, Those are the Cooking Kin Silk Hemp Wide Leg Pants in the color Hazelnut. We are excited to have partnered with one of our favourite Australian brands on the season finale of Highly Enthused. Keen listeners will remember we've mentioned Assembly Label before, and in particular for me, their incredible and affordable denim range, the only jeans I've purchased more than once. The new Assembly Label Spring Collection has just landed in stores, ready for this uptick in temperature. There are minimalist linen dresses, roomy shirts, and a number of pieces made from delicious silk dropping all through spring. Personally, I spent most of last summer living in one of their oversized cotton shirts, which were just perfect for throwing over my swimmers or over jeans to head out. Me too. So good, those stripes. Yeah. So enter the code HIGHLYENTHUSED15 at checkout for 15% off your order online at assemblylabel.com until the end of October and DM us what you buy because we love to see. Sure do. Okay, what time is it? Oh, my God, it's the finale, season five, wait, season six, fast five finale coming up. Fast five finale. Wow, so much alliteration. Dive in. What's first? Okay, number one is a pair of shoes that Mary-Kate Olsen was wearing. (laughs) (laughs) What a relevant reference. (laughs) And soon I'll be wearing them too. They are actually Tevas, Tevas, Tevas. I still don't know Who how cares? to say that. We I'm just going to say Tevas. Tevas? I say Tevas. Okay. I'm going to say Tevas. Mary-Kate Olsen was wearing these kind of different style of Tevas. They're like very thin, strappy straps that kind of go mm. all over your like crisscross themselves all over your foot, that kind of like 90s spaghetti strap vibe on your foot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Then New York Magazine wrote an article about her wearing them. And so I bought some, but I realized you couldn't buy them on the Tevez Australian site. You could only buy them on Amazon for some reason. They haven't released them here yet, which just makes them even more exciting. (laughs) Exclusive. So I bought a pair in black and I bought a pair in white because I feel like they're going to be the shoes that I'm wearing all spring and summer. You know, Tevez, they're... They just don't break. They just last for years. So I'm really excited to just roll this style out for my (laughs) mid-30s. I'm really excited about your Tevis journey from skeptic to full enthusiast. Yeah, we can all change our minds and it's happened here. I'm highly enthused. Uh, So they are called the Teva Voya Infinity Sandal. That's V-O-Y-A, Voya. And we'll link to it in our newsletter and I'm sure you'll – Buy as many pairs as I did from Amazon. (laughs) Uh, Number two is shellac nail polish. And I feel like I've made a few nail references on this podcast. And I've also changed my mind on shellac recently. (laughs) I just got really scared after my wedding from having it because it totally just 
really screwed my nails. Like they were so thin. They had this massive ridge in them. I was just like, I'm never getting shellac again. Like this has mm. completely ru- ruined my nails. I've never had shellac. Well, yeah, like it's it's people are scared by it. And then, you know, it's been four years and I was like, maybe I should try it again. And <laughs> Sophie from our office always has awesome nails and we always talk about them and she's really inspired me to get regular shellac and I've been doing it and oh my god it's incredible like it just you should get it before your holiday because it'll last you pretty much the entire holiday without chipping if you're lucky like it's so amazing and obviously everyone knows this already but it's just really convenient and it looks really good like really shiny and hard the only thing I the only real gripe I have about it is getting it off like I get quite claustrophobic when I really want to get it off my nails but I can't take it off myself I have to go and get it done that annoys me um but <laughs> and I know Georgia one of our listeners is going to be like she's such an Aries because I said that <laughs> I'm like that's a very Aries thing to say <laughs> But I mean, you true. did get claustrophobic from nail polish. So, yes, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of fear of control. Uh, look, yeah, maybe exactly. me. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll go do it tomorrow before we fly. You should. You really should. You won't regret it. Um, shellac, everyone, wake up. Wake up to shellac. Don't be scared. Okay, number three is a hair oil. If you have hair like me, it's kind of like mm. lightweight. Used to be straight until I had a baby and now it's friggin' wavy as hell just at the back. <laughs> Please DM me if you guys have this problem. <laughs> Everyone says they lose heaps of hair out of, you know, after they've had a baby. That did not happen to me. I just got these intense waves in one patch of my head. <laughs> like it's absolutely crazy. <laughs> my hairdresser's like, yeah, wow, that's that's really wavy. And it used to be dead straight, like absolutely dead straight. Anyway, it's been a bit of a journey for me lately, if you can't tell. <laughs> and I've been using this hair oil. It's called Virtue. You can buy it from Adore Beauty. And yeah, it's just this really lightweight hair. Like if you just like a little bit of smoothing, detangling, a bit of shine, you don't Really, you can't really use Moroccan oil or any of those like quite heavy oils. This is like, you know, a tenth of the weight of that. It's just super light, super glossy, and feels like you're wearing nothing at all. Yeah, I think it like, really protects my hair from heat and just makes it a lot easier to brush. So if you have hair like me, try it. That is the Virtue Healing Oil. You can buy it from Adore Beauty. Uh, number four is a book, which I haven't finished yet. So it's only in the fast five. It's not in my read or watch or listen section. I'm really enjoying it. So I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> it's called Woman Eating by Claire Coda. Have you read this? I haven't, but it's on my list and I think I'm going to download it for my holiday. It's so good. I'm loving it. Like it's a bit of it's a bit of a left of center book for me. It's not really in my wheelhouse. It's a vampire novel. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. But it feels really modern and not. You know, you think of vampires, you think of like teen lit. It's not like that. It's not Twilighty. It's grown up and complex and really like self reflective. It's just really refreshing. It's kind of about this like loneliness that. You can feel if you're a bit different. There are some, you know, subtext of race throughout it. It's about like family and love and art and just kind of like accepting yourself for who you are. This vampire is looking after her aging mother who she's put into a home, but obviously her mom's a vampire too and so she won't ever die, but she's in this like 
home because she's having like a mental episode. The descriptions of that vampiric hunger is just so visceral like that need for blood and like human blood (laughs) is amazing like it really gets into your brain you're like what would that taste like like what is what would that feeling be like yeah I'm really enjoying it it's really different like if you feel like you've been in a bit of a you know hamster on a wheel of the same kind of books this might shake you out of that it's called Woman Eating by Claire Coda that's K-O-H-D-A it's really great I'm in And my final Fast Five is a reminder about the highly enthused merch that we have. And hopefully by the time this episode airs, we haven't sold out. (laughs) About half of it is sold already, (laughs) um, which is so exciting. Thank you so much to everyone who has purchased. These are long sleeve tie-dye t-shirts, which are very soft. The tie-dye is a really beautiful, like, neutral shade of kind of like coffee cafe au lait color it's got embroidery on the left breast which says highly enthused in a really cool bright orange and yeah they're only 50 bucks you can buy them at highlyenthused.com tell your friends get your friends some for christmas or something (laughs) you can be matching just little highly enthused groups walking down the street Packs. Packs Packs of highly enthused listeners that's how we like you to travel highlyenthused.com what about you, Soph? Tell me, tell me your fast five, your final one for the season. My final one for 2022. Okay. So my first one is also a book. It is Girls, The Girl's Guide to Hunting and Fishing by an author named Melissa Bank. So this is one of those sort of classic books from the, I think, late 80s, early 90s that you'd kind of just see lingering around the op shops and holiday houses. And I always just, the cover and the name just made me assume it was kind of like trashy chiclet. Um, should never have I made the cardinal sin. I judged a book by its cover. Um, but so the author actually recently passed away and sort of I came across it on social media and read an essay sort of re-examining the book and her work generally. Um, and I decided to pick up just a secondhand copy and then just completely fell for it. Uh, it's sort of technically, it's sometimes described as a, a book of short stories, but they pretty much all center around or feature the same main character, a woman named Jane Jane Rosenall. Uh, It's from when she's 14 until sometime in her 30s and they follow her in sequence. So it feels like you're reading like a novel just kind of in small sort of vignettes. And it's just really delightful and odd and like quite sly and clever and significantly funnier than you think um, it sort of would have definitely gotten credit for at the time. Um, And it's sort of wild when you read it that it was pitched as just like chick lit and I'm putting that in inverted commas because you know so many of these books actually are just incredibly smart and warm and just focused on you know traditionally feminized issues this is just super spiky and interesting and unusual and I really really loved it and it's you know there's plenty of secondhand copies floating around so I would recommend hunting down a copy and reading it for yourself so that is Girl's Guide to Hunting and Fishing by Melissa Bank it's a nice quick read if you are going on a holiday it would be a perfect holiday book. My second rec is for a meal I make for myself when I'm hungry on work from home lunch days and I don't have a lot of time, but I want more than a sandwich. Um, And it's for um, a masala omelette. So I first came across the concept in one of Mira Soda's books and I'll link to her recipe, which is online, but I kind of just riff on it based on whatever I have in the fridge because it's pretty flexible. It's basically just like a omelette that you cook over quite high heat. So it gets a nice crunchy bottom rather than the more soft French style omelette. And you mix into just some beaten eggs, uh, 
chopped coriander, chopped spring onions, powdered turmeric, chili powder, salt, cook it really quickly and serve it up. I've also like if I've got a few sad looking cherry tomatoes, I just kind of chop them roughly and add some lime juice or lemon juice and salt. Um, If you've got any tamarind, you know, like a little bit of tamarind paste lingering in the fridge, just mix that through some yogurt. You can just have it with like a flatbread or toast on the side. And I just find it's one of those things that's a bit more interesting than just standard eggs, but, you know, cooks up just as quickly uh, and has saved me on a number of very hungry lunch times. Yeah. Yeah, so that's just masala omelet, guys. The third one this week is a bit of a funny one. <laughs> I'm wrecking the stationery section at the Kinokuniya Bookshop in Town Hall. Oh, such a good shop. Oh, my God. It's one of my favorite places. I believe Kinokuniya has shops in all sorts of locations. So, um, you know, if you're in a big city, you probably have one uh, nearby. But honestly, one of my favorite ways to spend a solo afternoon is to go to the galleries shopping district in the city. I get sushi by myself at the sushi train on level two. Even if it's like at three o'clock in the afternoon, I'll just go in and have like an Inari. Um, And then I go browse the Japanese stationery. It's so satisfying. Like there's a couple of specific things I go for. There's um, I use like grid paper for work um, a lot and they have these really great pads of paper you can buy there, which I can't find anywhere else. Um, but I also just like to go and play with all the pens and, you know, buy myself another roll of washi tape I don't really need and, you know, look at all of the fun notebooks. Like it's just really satisfying, kind of scratches the itch that you get when you're in Tokyo and those big department stores rummaging through all the cool stationery. Cool. I love stationery shops, all the pens. It makes me feel like I'm about nine years old again and going back to school <laughs> and getting to like stock up on all my all my goodies. Um, so that is Kinokuniya, the stationery section. Go and have a wander and purchase something unnecessary but fun. To keep with the Japanese theme, I think you probably need to get yourself a sharper and better knife. And I personally really love Japanese cooking knives. Now you can spend as much money as you want on a Japanese knife. Like you can spend thousands if you really want to, but one year for Christmas, I asked my parents just to get me one present. I was like, I just really want a good knife. I feel like the ones I have are a bit, you know, haven't haven't looked after them very well they survived a share house and very blunt you know tried sharpening them but they just didn't have much life left in them so my younger sister Claire is a chef and she helped them pick pick a, a knife and they went to Chef's Armory in Stanmore which is a really great place to go shopping if you ever want to buy really great kitchen stuff and they got me the and I might mispronounce this brand it's the M Custa M C U S T A all capital letters Zanmai Hachi and it's an 180 mil knife and it's just sort of their classic chef knife. I'll link to it. And it's actually a pretty reasonable price. It's only about $115, which for a, I mean, for a single knife can sound like a, a bit of an investment, but for a really good chef's knife is really not too much money. It's so sharp. The first time I chopped a tomato with it, I almost cried. It was so easy. <laughs> It's so smooth. None of that, like you can you can cut a perfectly ripe tomato with it and it, it slices it beautifully. The only thing to keep in mind is you can't throw these in the dishwasher or let them sit around wet. You kind of need to use them, we'll quickly wipe them down and dry them. But it takes just a second to do it. And I'm very lazy when I cook. I like to make a mess, but even I manage to keep these knives in pretty good condition. That's the M. Kustas and my Hachi 180 mil chef's knife chefs please don't email me and tell me it's a bad knife because I love it and I think it's great and I don't care about your opinions and then my final recommendation to take us out on a 
lovely mellow note is the album Saint Cloud by the band or musician Waxahachi. I hope I've pronounced that right. Waxahachi is uh, Kate Crutchfield, an American singer-songwriter who's from Alabama originally and still lives in the South in the States. Um, And this album came out in 2020, so it's been on rotation for a while and it's part of my transitional season rotation. So, you know, when the weather starts to like warm up or cool down, it goes both ways, like the Heim, this comes in. It's sort of a really lovely, a really lovely album for that kind of time of year when the, the seasons are changing. I actually read a review of it the other day that described it as the essence of spring, all lilacs and creek beds, which I thought was just a really lovely description of it. It's very folky, kind of Americana-inspired sort of pop, and it just sounds like it's really great for a long drive, you know, like a road trip album, wind the windows down, drive on the back roads, that kind of feeling. I just can't get enough of it at the moment. I was listening to it tonight when I was making some dinner. It's just really, really easy and breezy and nice. That's St. Cloud by Waxahachie. Amazing. I will definitely listen to that. Oh, right I think you'd like it. This. Thank you again to Assembly Label for supporting this episode. Don't forget to enter the code HIGHLYENTHUSE15 at checkout for 15% off your online order at assemblylabel.com until the end of October. And that is it for this season. Yes, we are going to have a little break. We'll let you know on our Instagram at HIGHLYENTHUSE when we will be back next season and enjoy enjoy your spring everyone yeah Thanks have a good one us. keep in touch we will see you on our newsletter bye bye bye, bye.